Hi, this is Daniel McFadden, and you're listening to Dropping the Hammer. Yes, that right there. <laughs> No, you're not! Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Grabbing the Hammer with Daniel McFadden. I'm Daniel McFadden, and with me as always is my podcasting partner and co-host, friend, James Crow. Say hello, Crow. Hello, everybody. (laughs) We are recording this on Thursday, July 8th. 2021 uh four days after the nascar cup series first visit to road america in 65 years uh a race won by surprise surprise chase elliott um chase elliott a winner on a road course who would have who would have thunk it um his seventh uh road course victory uh it's either six of eight or seven of nine uh one of those like over half of his cup wins are on road courses <laughs> at this point. It took him like three, three, four years to to win in the Cup Series, and now he, if you put him on a road course, he's probably going to win. Um, <laughs> and that, so, um, which is just, it's weird because he, you know, he he doesn't have, you know, a typical road course background, but. You know, when you think about it, uh, Tony Stewart and Jeff Gordon didn't either. Um, they they just raced on ovals pretty much their entire career. I mean, they, they had dirt experience. And I, a lot of times you'll hear um, drivers with dirt experience like Chase Briscoe say that their dirt experience helps them on dirt or helps them on road courses. Um, but I don't think you've ever heard any, anything like that out of Chase Elliott. Um, but yeah, he is now... <laughs> Uh, one race behind tying Gordon, I think. No, not Gordon Stewart on the road course list, all times win, all times wins list, and then he has a couple more to go to tie um, Jeff Gordon. But this is, is a different era. Uh, there, there, there's seven road course races this year compared to two when Jeff Gordon and Tony Stewart were getting their their wins. Um, so, what were your impressions of Road America, Crow? Um, I'll say the the battle between is it uh, Austin Cindric and Matt De Benedetto mm-hmm. was definitely like one of the like some of the best racing so far this year. I think. Um, oh, the like, whole the whole year. I mean, it, it I enjoyed it you know, up there. Um, I mean, it was like just that. Uh, I believe it was Cindric. He pulled a th- this three wide, uh, like late breaking pass, mm-hmm. um, and it was just—I mean, straight out of like NASCAR game, you know. <laughs> but like, you know, it, you expect him to come around that turn and like gently use the wall to correct himself or something, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But it, it, know, it was great. Um, well, I, I liked that battle just because of the the the, the non on track factors, and that these two guys are going to be. Their, their futures uh, in the cup series are sort of intertwined right now, <laughs> because if, you know, the reports are, you know, true that Brad Kozlowski is going to Roush Fenway racing, then it's going to be like, okay, who's going to get the two car now? Is it going to be Austin Cindric or is it going to be Matt Benedetto? If Cindric goes to the two, does Benedetto stay in 21? Um, 
is Nintendo going to be with Team Penske next year? So that that's what that's what was in the back of my mind, and I tweeted something to that you know something that to that effect where uh, it's like if this race comes down to Benedetto and Cendric, here's the, a live shot of the Team Penske's decision making process and it was of a guy <laughs> sweating, and then Austin Cendric broke something and spun, and his date was yeah. ruined. So yeah. that, that 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 tweet aged poorly in like two laps so <laughs> um but but then we, we get there was some good racing there at the at the end of the stage but it just wasn't for the, the lead it was right by, for you know five seconds behind elliot you had kurt bush alex bowman kyle larson and them really going at it and then you have alex bowman just going in way too deep into turn three what was it? i don't know the, the, yeah. the left-hander and spinning around and taking out his teammate Kyle Larson, and that that was that was the drama. That was the that was the post race drama. It's like, oh no, teammates, and then it's like, whatever. So. It's like it's like Kyle Larson. I'm so mad, but I am not going to cause any controversy. <laughs> uh, they were, it, was, it wasn't intentional. Yeah. He, he just broke, got in t- too deep, too fast, and went, went for a ride. Yeah. Um, but he really, yeah, the, the season Kyle Larson's having, I don't think he's really got to cry over spilt milk. Yeah. I was a little disappointed because I thought he was finally going, Larson was finally going to pass uh, Hamlin. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it, and to be clear, it's not me necessarily rooting for Larson over Hamlin. It's just, it really bothers me that Hamlin doesn't have a victory. Yeah. Well, I, he, I, like, at friendstretch.com, we have this uh, a staff game, a weekly game where we 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 make picks about who's going to win the race, and then like a bonus question, and and the, this week's bonus question was who will finish fourth because it was July fourth, and I picked Hamlin, and he was fourth with like I don't know five seven laps to go or something like that, but then he got overtaken. It's like ah. my pick to win the race was Almondinger, and that did not <laughs> pan out at all. So he he was not a factor. After he had he qualified good, he was just gone. After I think he I think he had some pit road problems. Um, yeah, I remember something about um, at least some of the people having weird pit um, areas that caused problems for him. I don't know about that. Yeah. I missed the. I, I was traveling on vacation to Texas this this weekend, so uh, I missed. I didn't get to watch the first stage. I listened to to most mm. of it on Sirius XM. I got to see the finish of stage two. I think I, I, I got to start watching it when De Benedetto and Cendric started racing each other. Yeah, I, um, I don't remember where at, but there, there was a segment during the broadcast where they were talking about how the 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 location of the pit stop or something is throwing off a lot of the teams and causing them to have slower, like throwing off the coordination of the pit stops and causing them to have slower pit stops. Well, that's, that seems like, you know, something you, it is their first time at that track. So I think that, that, that might possibly play into it. It's like, we we're not used to these pit boxes or whatnot. Yeah. Um, But no, I mean, I really liked um, watching the race. I mean, um, I've always wanted Cup to race there ever since the mid '90s, um, when I'd watch indie indie car races on VHS that were recorded from from racing at Road America. 
Um, and, and you hear so many people say, oh, this is one of the best road courses in America. Okay, then why isn't the biggest, most popular racing series in yeah. the country not going there? I mean, that is a question, you know, that I have. It's like, why haven't they been there for 65 years? Because it's, you know, like, you know, regardless of quality of racing, you know, it's Road America, the biggest American <laughs> racing. Four, four, yeah, company. four miles long. Like Adam Stern at Sports Business Journal tweeted out the other day, like, or on Sunday, it's like the track was expecting the most, the biggest audience for a race there at that track in, in half a century. Yeah, I, d- I don't uh, know what the actual attendance numbers were, but I, yeah, in the broadcast either. they said uh, that over the course of the weekend they had a hundred thousand people. Uh, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, uh, they're, I mean they're already confirmed that they're going to be racing there again next year. But uh, yeah, I and they had it had a decent rating too for a holiday. It had three three million or so people. So I think they're going to be going back to Road America at least yeah. for a few more years. Um, but though with, with the seven we were only supposed to have six road courses this year and then auto club got canceled due to the covid and they went back to the daytona road course so we got yeah. seven so i don't think we're going to have seven next year oh who knows we maybe might. um I mean, but the, the, all the road courses have done fairly well right uh the only, oh you mean talking about ratings wise yeah ratings and just Co- coda did coda did not do good but ah. that's also, but there was also rain, like in mm. a rain delay. Anyway, so, but yeah, anyway, uh, I think the rain definitely played a, a little bit into that rating at Coda. But, um, but other than that, uh, I think they've been pretty, they've been fine. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like, to, I like, like to see it stay on uh, the schedule. I want to see them like just switch out road courses at some point uh, there, there's plenty of others in the country that we could go to I, I i would love to see nascar at laguna sega in california that would probably mean not going to sonoma but i could live with that for a year um so but yeah that's i mean game. i would trade literally any race on the schedule for laguna sega really like take the take the daytona 500 give me laguna sega <laughs> I Why? want to see people crash in that freaking corkscrew Cork- turn. Yes. No, that I was, want yeah. I want to see how they handle those big stock cars on that corkscrew turn. <laughs> the, the, yeah, I mean that's that, Laguna Seca was my favorite track growing up because of the corkscrew. I just thought it was yeah. cool. Um Dude, I don't know that, how many I don't know how big of a how many stories that drop is. Um but yeah, that, I think that drop is so famous that you can they they like sell these like like sculptures of just the the corkscrew turn <laughs> that you can buy or like pictures really like yeah like illustrated pictures of it. it it's crazy like just that like not the whole course but you know what it is one of those courses that like through all the racing video games I've played like I I know it from memory <laughs> yeah. Oh no, dude! Like um, the papyrus games in the nineties, yeah, yeah. yeah like, like I, like I, as much as I like Son- Sonoma, I don't know every piece of it from memory. Part of that's because I think they changed the layout at some point. Um, but the, uh, but 
you know, Laguna Seca. It's like, I, I know it. I, I know every turn. <laughs> so, but no, yeah, that, like I'm play, currently playing um, Gran Turismo Sport on PS4. It's like, oh, yeah, they got Laguna Sega. So, um, yeah, I, I do love that track. Yeah. So, that, yeah. That is a, a nice uh, talking point because I just got a, uh, a very nice uh, wheel and pedal set up for raising video games off of facebook marketplace are you are you getting to iRacing? no not yet <laughs> no right now i i'm doing good to drive in a straight line in forza <laughs> uh, all right so I- I- any other the, so the only thing i didn't i don't like about road america um is the cautions take way too long <laughs> like so long um we're and have uh, have this conversation again like that we had at the roval it's like segment the segment at ca- caution <laughs> so, discussion um like i i like i don't i like stage racing i don't think they should throw the caution on road courses especially at a four mile track um where the, it just takes forever um so that's really that's really it. That's really my only after after the first cup weekend at um Road America. It's like let's just let's just stop throwing the cautions for stage racing. Um but all right, so all right. Okay, so all right. I guess that's that's it with Road America. We we liked it, we want to see more of it. Um uh so all right, so what what time is it, Crow? Time to press buttons. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think uh, everyone, including Michael McDowell, had high hopes um, for what he could potentially do at Road America, considering he's, you know, won the race, the race there in the Xfinity Series, but it did not go well. Um, he started 18th, you know, after they actually got the qualify and he qualified 18th, uh, and he finished 30th. Uh, he had a, and here is what his, the race report from front rows motorports says, uh, Michael McDowell, uh, uh, started 18th and moved into 13th by lap five. He raised up to 12th before the team wanted to pit before the end of stage one. NASCAR officials said that McDowell drove through too many pit stalls and the team was penalized. He was 30th at the end of stage one. In stage two, McDowell raced back through the field. Beloved's travel stops team again came to pit road just before the end of stage two. McDowell finished stage 24th. The team then restarted inside the top 10 to begin the run to the end. On the restart, McDowell suffered nose damage from contact. The damage hurt the grip of the car as McDowell raced hard, stay up front. He later fell back, and the team gambled on a late race pit stop for new tires. The team finished 30th. So not not a great outing, no, Mr. McDowell. Um, that was actually his worst. Oh wow, uh, that's his second worst finish of the year. Um, after he fi- he finished thirty four first at Martinsville after a crash, and yeah, that's his worst finish since then. Uh, yeah. So he... <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't. Uh... I haven't watched it yet, but I did notice that on the NASCAR YouTube channel, they have a uh, like 
a uh, mic'd up thing with Mike Wontdow or for the uh, Litterganny fans out there, uh, the mic'd out. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So I'll, I'll definitely, I'll check that out because I think it'll be interesting to see him, see see his experience there because of the expectations. Okay, I'll need to see that. So, all right, we're going into this weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Uh, and uh, it's the second race of the year at Atlanta, if you if everyone recalls. Um, this is the first time that Atlanta has hosted two cup weekends in a year since 2010. So it's been just over a decade. Um, on the poll this weekend is Chase Elliott, your winner from Road America. Uh, Kyle Busch is second, Denny Hamlin third, Christopher Bell fourth, Martin Truex fifth. So one, two, three. Yeah, all four Joe Gibbs racing drivers are in the top five. Okay, all right. And Kyle Larson, Kyle Larson, who is the defending winner of this, or not the defending, but he he won in the spring. He starts sixth. So your top six is two Hendrick cars and four Joe Gibbs racing cars. Um, and our our Daytona 500 winner Michael McDowell starts 25th. Um, all right, Crow. So. What 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 do, you, what do you remember about the the spring race other than uh, Kyle Larson's just utter domination, only to be befallen uh, with only a few laps left by bad tires as Ryan Blaney took the lead and went on to his only win so far of the year. Oh, you just described the only thing <laughs> I remember about that race. Yeah, that that that, that was Kyle Larson's race by um, uh, a large margin um and then yeah he, his tires gave out on him and he lost the lead he, he let larson led 269 laps out of 325 and that was a 500 mile race we're going to get a 400 mile race this weekend which i i'm hopeful that 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 improves the, the racing at hotlanta by uh turning up the heat with a shorter race um but as uh we had some news this week from from atlanta uh which uh before we started recording crow brushed up on um th- this weekend's race at atlanta more speedway is going to be the last race on this not just the surface at atlanta more speedway but this configuration um they announced tuesday there will be a complete repave of the track for the first time since 1997. Uh, this was the pretty much the second oldest uh, pavement on the circuit. It's behind uh, Dover, and it's concrete that that got repaved in 1995. Um, so yeah, we're getting a new asphalt mix uh, surface, and we're getting a narrower track with higher banking in the turns. They're going from 24 to 28 degrees in the turns, um, making it the highest banking on any intermediate track that, that the NASCAR will go to. Um, and they are also narrowing the track surface with an overall decrease in width from 55 feet to 40 feet. New widths will be 42 feet on the front stretch, 42 feet on the back stretch, and 40 feet in the turn. Um, and this is all being done to create, in the words of uh, Steve Swift at Speedway Motorsports, to create a closer, more competitive experience 
and um, they released video made by iRacing where they tested this new track surface in in uh, compatibility with a the next gen car based on I guess act current info on the next gen car and quite frankly it 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 just looks like Daytona it looks at like Talladega that's what the racing looks like and uh I am not a fan um <laughs> at all yeah um, and just a note in the i racing test they mentioned that they were using a restricted version of the the next gen car yeah so um we we don't know what horsepower the the, the next gen car is going to have in general next year uh I don't know if NASCAR's decided on that um privately or not but we don't know publicly um so yeah they're they're wanting to go for a super speedway like racing on a intermediate track and i i I think i've said it on here before it's like i'm over restricted super speedway racing it just in general um i'm tired of just the 30 car wrecks and especially within the last 10 laps of a race um and i think they're very misguided in this in that oh yeah pack racing that's that's what audiences want they because they also want crashes and i know not me um we want the, the cars to almost crash but not crash because cautions are boring yeah well especially on road courses when they're four miles long <laughs> um so uh th- this has triggered um a lot of <laughs> denny hamlin denny oh not, not... <laughs> not triggered denny hamlin well not just denny hamlin chase briscoe's also voiced um his his displeasure because when they when speedway motorsports made this announcement tuesday they they said and you can read all about this in the column i wrote this week at friendship.com dropping the hammer uh atlanta atlanta more speedways catch 22 um you know chase briscoe said that you know they'd like them to comment to to ask drivers for input um and i i, I wrote in the column like one thing you shouldn't ask drivers about is when when or not to repave a track because Atlanta should have been repaved seven years ago, but they buckled to pressure from the drivers. Um, but I think when you're going to get a new surface and also reconfigure track, there's, you should have at least a little bit of input. Um, and Marcus Smith, who's in charge of Speedway Motorsports, said on uh, Motor Mouse on NBC this week that there was um, consultation with drivers. He did not go into detail who who they talked to or anything like that but it wasn't any hamlin um or chase briscoe um but this is what denny hamlin said on uh the twitter i don't know how to describe racing spaces it's the 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 spaces section on twitter where you can like have audio hangouts um but there's a, a racing themed one called racing spaces that a bunch of personalities in the industry do every week and denny hamlin made a guest appearance um and he uh shared shared his thoughts after he tweeted he 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 did tweet out some stuff one of the tweets he said uh with all due respect this is the same group that has reconfigured texas kentucky bristol with zero driver input one of those lost a race other one we don't race anymore and last one we put dirt over it though that's just for one race but hey what do the drivers know um but yeah then he went on racing spaces tuesday night and uh said Tracks shouldn't be in the competition business. They should be in the promotion business. Uh, I don't think they know what they want. Hamlin said, I think it's a total 
total dart they're trying to throw that's not thought out. None of these tracks are going to race the way they want them to without excess without excess tire grip. They need to knock out 100 more horsepower if they really want us to draft on these tracks. Uh, Hamelin also went on to say he thinks the sport is chasing TV ratings through aerodynamic passages, aerodynamic packages, um, and he is not completely wrong in, in, in that aspect. Uh, you, you, if you see any commercial crow for NASCAR during a race, it, it feels like they're they feels like they overwhelming overwhelmingly highlight wrecks, um, and some people will say that that's conditioned to the audience to want more wrecks uh, and the kind of racing that will lead to more frequent wrecks. Um, what, what, what do you think about Atlanta being a mini Talladega at this point? Um, well, they definitely need to do something. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, my gut reaction when I first saw this announcement was that's weird. Um, it's a weird decision. Um, the, uh, yeah, like I can see how it can provide some better racing, but I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. I feel like if they kept the width, things would make a lot more sense, but dropping it by what? 15 feet. Yeah. Um, and and raising the banking by four degrees, 24 to 28. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're basically forcing, you know, single file or very uh very um we'll say risky um double file in the turns so you know it's i don't know I, I, we'll, we'll see how it works out the the i racing video is cool and like an, it's interesting they can do that testing with yeah. i racing but also it just didn't look like something that would really work for more than a few laps. I mean, yeah, that's that's the only thing about that video is that it lacks context. Like, how how deep into a run was that? Was that like right after a restart? Or like when when? Um, so um, it, it okay. Part part yeah. Part of the comment I wrote was the catch twenty two. Was like Atlanta needs to be repaved, um, but the next gen card needs deserves the chance to show what kind of race it could put on on an intermediate track like Atlanta before you you throw the the you know the white flag and surrender it's like oh we we're, we're going to raise the banking and do all this in hopes to create closer racing which makes me think that the <laughs> this next street car might not deliver uh, on intermediate tracks at least not Atlanta but we don't know that because they're they're not going to get the chance to run this car on simply a repaved Atlanta, but they're the first time, unless they, I mean, they're going to start do, doing the, the, the switch over after this race this weekend. I don't know how quickly that could get, get done in time to maybe test an actual next gen car at Atlanta. Um, so, uh, it, it's, 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 it, it feels like a no win, win scenario, which, I wrote my column. So I feel like I've already summed up the column, but still go read my column. If you're listening to this, Um, I have to assume that a lot of the, what seems like stupidity is them just trying their best to avoid that situation from a few years ago where the drivers, you know, raised enough of a stink to stop them from repaving. 
Yeah, two, yeah, 2007. Like they 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 had like the bulldozers like ready to go, and over the race weekend, the drivers just were adamant enough. Um, that they's like, okay, fine, we'll like put it off a year. But then that that year turned into 2018, 2019, 2020, and now 21. Um, but that, that, that the track should have been repaved so long ago. Um, it had not put on a good good race, regardless of high downforce package or not. In the, the, the most recent race I know of is 2011. So that that was that's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and it, it, like Rodney Childers told Fox Sports um, this week. Um, where is it? Okay, right. Yeah, Rodney Childers, uh, crew chief for Kevin Harvick at Stuart Haas Racing, said, you know, that this whole repave and reprofiling, it's going to make the racing horrible, and it's going to be one lane, and nobody's going to pass anybody. Childers said that part sucks. The new pavement, the next gen car, with having less downforce. I mean. You're going to run wide open all the way around. It's going to be, be like racing at Talladega, and you'll be drafting a lot and kind of become a speedway race in a way. The cars will stay tightly packed together, probably more wrecks, and all, all those things that it seems everybody wants to see these days. That's kind of the way I see it. Um, so there, there's not there's not a lot of fans about what um, Atlanta announced. There was a lot of speculation that maybe they were going to announce they're going to they were just going to revert back to Atlanta's original. Uh, look, pre-1987 when it was basically like a prototype of what Homestead is today. Just two straight front stretches and kind of, kind of, I don't know how do you describe the turns, but um, but yeah, it was like a like a somewhat mini uh Homestead, but no, they they they're making it a mini Talladega. Um, but again, we we won't know exactly how this track will perform until um next year so here's hoping for the best um but anyway for this last race that atlanta on its current configuration and pavement who are you taking to win um shorter race i've got to go with larson you know yeah like it just that seems like the the clearest pick you know you have someone who just dominated in the last race but lost at the very end due to just kind of happenstance almost okay you're i'm gonna take hamlin i'm gonna take denny hamlin I, I don't know how many times i've picked him this year but i'm gonna take denny hamlin um he's starting there in the top five he finished fourth there in the spring he led 27 laps at some point but yeah the the alternative pick would be kyle larson yeah um, I- my I, what I'm really rooting for now, and again, it's not necessarily for Kyle Larson. It's for Denny Hamlin to not be in front with no wins. Is he either needs to win the race or he needs to finish like thirtieth? <laughs> like one of those two things needs to happen to make me happy. It it, it uh, it's just bizarre that we've made it this far into the season, and the guy who is leading the point like we're, we're, we're up into the 20s of the races so far <laughs> yeah and hamlin doesn't have a win uh kyle larson has all the wins and uh hamlin currently leads the point standings by three points <laughs> three yeah. points uh but oh wow uh hamlin yeah they're, they're hamlin and larson are tied for top fives and top tens Hamlin and Larson both have 11 top fives and 14 top tens. Um, 
Hamlin's got a better average finish of 8.4. So well, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, Larson has so all those stage ones he, he racked up in May and June um, and that he's still three points behind him. That That's amazing. So, um, though I have to imagine, uh, I think Larson will have the points lead coming out of this race. Um, yeah, unless William Byron. Denny Hamlin wins. <laughs> unless, De- unless, yeah, unless Denny Hamlin wins or gets his own set of stage wins, yeah, I think Larson will have the points lead. Like William Byron's third, and he's eighty-five points back. So that's that's a long way to go. <laughs> so, yeah. um. So anyway, this this isn't the only podcast I was on this week. Uh, before before we let you go, I was also a guest on the a radio show on Connecticut Public Radio called Disrupted, uh, which is hosted by Kalila Brown Dean. It's a current events news type program, and I was asked to go on that show after I wrote my six part series at frenchstretch.com on the one year anniversary of NASCAR banning Confederate flag. Um, and the episode is titled uh, NASCAR's reckoning on race and culture. And I, I got to talk about what NASCAR has been doing up until this in the last year in order to become a more diverse sport. Um, and it's, you know, re- you know, reckoning with its history, which is, uh, you know, a, you know, it's a pun, but you know, it's, it's a checkered history. Um, but yeah, you can uh, listen to that at ctpublic.org slash shows slash disrupted, or you can just look up disrupted on your favorite podcast platform. Um, we'll, we'll probably link to it in our show notes, so we'll make it easy on you. Um, but I really enjoyed enjoyed it. And Bill Lester, the former NASCAR driver, um, who was the last African-American driver to compete in Cup until Bubba Wallace, uh, he was also a guest on that show so it's a really really good episode and i'm not i'm not just saying that because i was on it um so check that out disrupted at charlotte public radio uh i believe it will also re-air um on sunday at 2 p.m that's 2 p.m eastern um so yeah that's 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 my plug for this week you got anything to plug crow uh, no, I, I will say you, you did a very good job in your interview. You need to work on your NPR voice. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Hold on. <clears throat> Hi, this is Daniel McFadden, and you're listening to Dropping the Hammer. Yes, that right there. <laughs> uh, like, I've always loved the NPR voice because, like, the world could be ending outside. Like, a nuclear like bomb has fall- gone off in yes. the city of Houston. Um, there are thousands dead, probably millions. But um, here is some smooth jazz to make your day better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And he- here's the weather on the tens. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but yeah. Um, yeah, please check that out. It was fun. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all i got you can be sure to remember uh follow me on twitter at daniel mcfadden follow crow on twitter at dth crow um like subscribe our to our youtube channel or youtube.com slash daniel mcfadden uh on patreon patreon.com slash daniel mcfadden uh get in on that entry level chip chip in three dollars 
Um, still well, just a freelance writer, still not full-time employed. Um, so if you like what we do here, if you like what the writing I do, um, help out if you can. Uh, but also just please remember also to like and subscribe to this podcast, write and review, help um, grow this in any way, shape, or form. I don't know how many people are listening. Crow doesn't tell me, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> For the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But, um, but yeah, please spread the word um, if you're listening. So I don't want to be just talking into the void. So anyway, I'm Dale McFadden, and with me has been... Crow. Crow. So, so yes. Thank, thank you for listening. Do do all those things I suggested you do, and uh, have a have a great weekend. Talk to you later. <laughs>